Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Monday, the 31st of August, 2020. What skills do you have? Think about how you would answer that question. Maybe think about some of your friends. What skills would they have? We think about a skill. What is a skill? It's, you know, an expertise in a certain area, an ability to do a certain thing well. I would say one, I have some musical skills. I can play the guitar. Yeah, you think of others, friends I know have great cooking skills or outdoor skills, bow hunting skills, or more technological computer hacking skills, or so many things that different people can be good at, athletics, academics, all around the map. There are so many things that that people can have an expertise in. And we have to realize that some of those things are very worthwhile. Some of those skills are incredibly useful. And some skills that we might have, I mean, maybe it can impress some people at a dinner party, but that's about all that it's good for. It doesn't really have any practical day-to-day value. Well, today we want to talk about the greatest skill of all. And if there's one thing that we could choose to be good at doing, I would hope the answer to that would be living. I want to be skilled at living life. I want to be an expert at life and living the way God intended life to be lived. Well, the Bible has a word to describe that skill, and that word is wisdom. Wisdom is the skill of living life well, and that is something we should all desire. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we dive into the book of Proverbs together. So Saturday, we finished up the book of Job, and as we're reading from the Psalms every day, we're kind of jumping over that and the rest of the New Testament and picking up the book of Proverbs today. And now a proverb is simply a wise saying, and this is a collection of them, a divinely inspired collection of them. But just to break down the book of Proverbs for you a little bit, chapters one through nine is put together more logically. It follows really the conversation of a father to the son. And you'll notice there'll be long sections on the same topic. But once we get into chapter 10, you're going to see it's, you know, a lot of just these short phrases, short proverbs, and they don't always connect one to the next, but there will still be a lot to glean from that. And today we're starting with the first three chapters, and there's a very clear and important saying early on in the chapter. First, in verse two, I mean, the first word that he's using to describe what he wants to teach is wisdom, this skill of living life. And then we get down to verse seven, and there's another incredible statement. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning. And here it says of knowledge. Later in the book, it'll say of wisdom. So what is the fear of the Lord? Well, that's a great question. And we need to not get too far away from what would come into our mind when we think about fear. That there is, you know, some of a somewhat of an uncomfortable feeling that's associated with fear. 
Well, fear of the Lord, I, I try to describe in a practical way of it's really living like God is real, that God is the holy God who he says he is, and that he is watching what we are doing. And that is really what the fear of the Lord looks like in practical life. But it stems from, wait, I know who God is and I know how holy he is. And I want to live in light of that because there is a fear of the Lord. And that's where fear, I would say, in our society almost has a universally negative connotation. We don't want to be afraid in any sense. And that's why I think sometimes people even shy away from this concept of the fear of the Lord because we think fear must be bad. But what I want to start pointing out to you as we go through the book of Proverbs is the fear of the Lord is an unequivocally good thing. The fear of the Lord is excellent. First here, it's the beginning of knowledge. And we're going to see fear of the Lord. It's connected with wisdom. It's where wisdom begins. And wisdom built on the fear of the Lord is a good thing. Proverbs is not here just to give you a list of do's and don'ts. Proverbs is here to bless you, to give you a life where you're living skillfully, a life that God will bless. And I want to start showing you some of those things, even in these first few chapters. Chapter one, he then warns his son not to go with a certain crowd. And then wisdom is personified at the end of the chapter, talking about how it's crying aloud in the streets and how the people that ignore wisdom, there's going to be a, a bad end for them. Because in verse 29, it says they did not choose the fear of the Lord. And it equates that choosing the fear of the Lord and listening to wisdom are the same thing. And if you do that, look at the end of the chapter, verse 33, but whoever listens to me, whoever listens to wisdom will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Here's the bottom line with the fear of the Lord. If you fear the Lord, you don't need to fear anything else. And he goes on describing more of of the benefits of wisdom in chapter two. He really encouraged his son to, to pursue wisdom, to look for it like silver and hidden treasures, because then you'll find it and it will bless you. It will keep you from evil people. It will keep you from the adulterous woman. And then at the end of the chapter, verse 20, so you will walk in the way of the good and will keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Again, there's this benefit and there's the security that comes from wisdom and comes from the fear of the Lord. You're probably very familiar with Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. But look at where it goes in verses 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And I want you to understand, I think those things are linked. What does the fear of the Lord practically look like? It looks like turning away from evil. Why would you do that? Verse 8, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Are you starting to see how good of a thing the fear of the Lord is? 
That's what we want. And the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom, which he goes on to describe in verse 15 as more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Do you see how good this is and the safety that it describes? Verse 23, then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. That, that, that's the benefit of the fear of the Lord and choosing the way of wisdom. So as we get started on this journey of gleaning wisdom from the book of Proverbs, Let's understand it starts with the fear of the Lord, living like God is real, like who he he is, who he says he is, and that he really is watching us. And, and that fear of the Lord will lead to wisdom and the fear of the Lord and wisdom will lead to good things, peace, security, safety. And, and that's, I think, something that we all want. So let's be eager as we start going through the book of Proverbs together. Next, let's go to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 16, where we find one of the most interesting parables that Jesus tells. This parable of the dishonest manager who does, let's be real, some shady things that he's about to get let go. And what does he do? He goes and he makes deals with all of these people so he can, you know, make sure he has another job afterwards. And Jesus highlights this man. Now, we have to be careful and understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying, hey, look at this guy. This is a good guy. Go do what this guy is doing. No, what this guy is doing is unethical. But Jesus is saying what this guy is doing is shrewd. He is being wise with his his money and his resources. And the punchline really uh, comes there at the end when, when he says in verse 8, that for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. He, he's saying the world is more shrewd with how they're using them things than Christians are. And then he says in verse nine, I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. So he's not commending this unethical person. He's just saying, man, if the world is thinking that hard about how they can make more money, how much harder should Christians be thinking about how we can make an impact for eternity? And then it goes on to really describe that we cannot serve God and money. And so it's clear, hey, we should be using our money to serve God and make a difference for eternity. And not just through, you know, giving to missions or your local church or whatever it may be, even in your own personal relationships, being shrewd with how you can use your money to impact people around you. And this reminds me of what we talked about yesterday at our church as we looked at John chapter seven. And one thing we talked about was the urgency we should have for evangelism, the urgency we should have for clearing up this confusion about who Jesus is. I think this in our reading today should be another reminder of you. How can you be urgent? And even how can you use your own finances to give you opportunities to evangelize, to tell people the good news about Jesus Christ? And I'd invite you to take some time today to reflect on what we talked about, to examine even your week this week, to pray and to seek out 
gospel opportunities so that we can be shrewd with our time, with our money to make the most of this short life for the sake of eternity. Next, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. And a lot of this passage revolves around leadership in the church, which if you're not a, a pastor, um, you, you might find some of this hard to connect with. And one thing it even talks about is when leaders in the church don't do the right thing and how, how that should be handled and, and all of that. And so one takeaway I would just encourage you to do, um, especially if you're thinking, well, hey, I'm not a leader in the church, so I guess I can just skip to chapter six. Would you take some time to pray for the leaders of your church? Would you pray even that God protects them, protects them from any kind of sin that would uh, bring dishonor to Christ, that, that would bring problems to your local church? Please pray for the leaders in your church today that they would be faithful in following God, that God would uphold them, that God would protect them and their integrity for his name's sake and for his glory. Well, last today, we're reading through Psalm 104, which is just a great psalm of praise, praising God for his greatness. And today, as we look at verses 10 through 18, we so, see so much even just of talking about nature. And even this last weekend, spent some time downtown at the Idaho Botanical Gardens and just seeing all of the, the, the different flowers and all the different things that they were highlighting from God's creation. And our response to things like that should be very clear. We should be rejoicing in the one who made it. It all points to his glory. So as you're going on a walk today, as you're driving around in your car today, as you start seeing signs of summer turning to fall, praise the Lord. Say to yourself, bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord, my God, you are very great. And then seek that God, live like that God is real. Live your life pursuing wisdom and the fear of the Lord. And you will experience the blessing of, of spiritual safety and security as you seek to follow him. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.